Man, what a sweet presence of the Lord in here tonight. Which takes me to what I want to share with you tonight. So get your Bibles out. And go, if you would, to Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Now, it does me no good to teach you about the dwelling place of God if I can't help you get into the dwelling place of God. It's not going to do me any good just to, I don't want to share just a message, and I'll say, oh, wasn't that nice? No, it's got to be something that affects your life and changes you. Amen? And so I want to share something tonight. I'm adding on to the message for the last couple of weeks because I want to. I just want to. I want you to know what you should be expecting in the dwelling place. Once you've reached the dwelling place, what are you expecting? And see, I believe that a lot of Christians they have no relationship with Jesus whatsoever. They have no relationship to knowing the presence of God. They wouldn't know if the Holy Ghost walked in their house wearing a big red hat. They wouldn't know it was the Holy Ghost. And so the problem is, is that you've got a certain about a, a you know, hyper spiritual people that go, everything is based upon feelings. And if you, oh, I felt the anointing or oh, I was there and, whoo, and, you know, and they get into there. And then you got the other side that's just, I think they really love Jesus, but they have no idea how to have a relationship with him. It's like sitting in an auditorium and there he is and would freely talk to him and do anything, but they'll never walk up and approach him. And so what I've been Preaching this whole thing is about, first of all, is that Jesus, through his blood, has made you righteous and holy where you, you belong in the dwelling place with God. Hello? You belong in the courts of heaven. You belong at the throne of God. That's where you belong. That's your rightful position, not because you're so good, not because you're so smart, not because you've got everything figured out, but because of the blood of Jesus. Amen? So you have the right and to go to the dwelling place. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You have the right to be there as a child of God. Now, if you let the devil talk you out of ever going to the door, you're, you're not going to get anything. If you let the devil tell, tell you all, you know, get you all distracted. You don't, you know, I, I've, wake, I've waked up, I've waked up every morning. <laughs> Heaven help me. I, 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 now I sort of say I woken up. That's right. I could have been woken up anyway. Whatever. I got up every morning and 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 have desired to be in the dwelling place with God. All right. But that doesn't mean there's not distractions. That doesn't mean sometimes there's not something hindering me or something's going on. This morning I was trying to. Worship the Lord. I had my, I was down, I was into Psalms and I was reading the Psalms, talking to the Lord. And man, I kept hearing this bump, bump outside. You know, I'm worshiping, man, God, you're so good, bump, bump. You know, Lord, I like bump, bump. Well, I was like, what in the world is outside? So then I go over the door. Well, it's a coon trying to get the lid off the corn can, you know. And so then I have to run the coon off. And then, then, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, and then it rained, and I'm trying to wonder, yeah, it rained more than I thought it rained, you know, then I, and so I start to get distracted, right? It happens to all of us. You're, none of us are, in, are, 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 you know, imprevalous to those thoughts coming to us and trying to take us out of there, but you've got to understand something. Your rightful place and position is at the dwelling place of God, sitting down at the throne, talking to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and having a discussion. That's your rightful place because of the blood of Jesus. All right, 
So Philippians 4, 6 says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Now, the first thing that you should recognize when you've entered into the dwelling place. Now, some people will say, well, I I entered into the presence of God. I, uh, you know, found the Holy of Holies. Well, however you want to phrase it, it doesn't make me a difference. But when you've come into the presence of God in the dwelling place with him, the very first thing you should recognize is peace. Listen to me, if you're not in peace, you hadn't made it into the dwelling place. Because in the presence of God, what does it say? That there is fullness of what? Huh. In the presence of God, there's fullness of joy. And his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Folks, listen to me. God is not worried about anything. God is not freaking out. God is not worried about your situation. God is not sitting there saying, how am I going to pull it off? Have you been or ever been around a person that when you, you get around them and, and they're worried or fretting or whatever, and it just starts getting off on you? Hello? You don't want to be around that person, do you? you don't, you're like, oh, gosh, we got to go talk to someone. Hello? When you enter into the dwelling place of God, the very first thing you're going to find is the peace that passes all understanding. So if you want to check yourself to say, have I entered the dwelling place of God? Well, then when you started out your prayer that morning, you started out walking, the very first thing you should find when you get in the dwelling place is peace. And if you're not at peace, listen to me, you're still wrestling with thoughts. You're still wrestling with ideas. You're still wrestling with something else that you need to stop and throw it down at the feet of Jesus so that you can get that off of you and get into the dwelling place. Because you want out of that garment that's keeping you from walking in peace. You're going to find peace. It's the very first thing in the dwelling place. You're going to walk into the house and you're going to say, wow, this is good. I like this place. I like to be in this dwelling place. It's peaceful. Whoo. Sometimes I'm, you know, because see, I, I've learned the most important thing is just don't ever leave the dwelling place. So once I'm in the place, I don't want to leave. So like I'll be out walking and I'll just be looking up the stars and I mean the, 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 the clouds and I, I, Lord, is that the one you're coming back on? Is that it? Oh, it's that one. Oh, come on, Jesus. And, and, and I feel the presence of God. I'm, 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 I'm walking, I'm sweating, but I'm looking, I'm having fellowship with the Lord. Peace is in my heart. I may be talking to him about things that are going on during the day or what happened or whatever like this, but I'm surrounded by peace. That's where I like to live. Listen, I don't want to live in chaos. I don't want to live in condemnation. I don't want to live in guilt. I don't want to live in remorse. I don't want to live in envy. I don't want to live in jealousy. I don't want to live in any of those kind of things. There's nothing good there. Nothing good there. I mean, I have even gotten, you know, God's just been helping me and teaching me and showing me some things. And I've even gotten to where, you know, something that a year ago would have been a catastrophe, a catastrophe, a catastrophe for me. And I'd have got mad and thrown down and just went to, you know, complaining and griping or whatever. Now I just look and say, huh, I'll be, okay, well, Lord, I guess we'll fix it. Whatever you're going to do, how are we going to work that out? Because I don't want to get out of the dwelling place. Because the moment you get into that, you left. God didn't leave, you left. 
you walked out, you began to worship whatever that is that drew you out. Now you think about that. Whether you're worshiping worry or fear or anxiety or anger or this, that, or the other, right? That's what you begin to do is you worshiped it. You, God, can you just think about that? Just think about it like this. Jesus is sitting there at the coffee table with you. He's sitting there, and you got up and left to go outside and fret. But we do it, right? We let that distraction take us off outside. We left the king of kings. We left the throne. We left the peace. We left all that goodness there to go outside and worship whatever the problem was. Okay, the second thing is, go to 1 John 5.14. The second thing that you're going to have when you know you've entered the dwelling place is you're going to have confidence. It says, now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Man, listen to that. You see what that says? <laughs> and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that he will have the petitions that we've asked from him. So the second thing that you're going to find once you're in the peace, the second thing you're going to find is confidence. Confidence to know that when you've prayed and you've talked to God, something's going to happen. See, do you realize, oh my goodness, how many times I can tell you in my early days of walking with Jesus that I would go, I would be confident that I was in faith, I would pray, I would say, God, I just thank you that, you know, whatever, you know, this situation. But see, in those days, I was always trying to get God to do it the way I thought it needed to be done. Right? Not going to God saying, uh, I have this problem, and I just know you said you'd work it out for me, and so I'm trusting you to work it out. Right? And so, but how many times in, in, in those early days did I go and I pray, and I didn't get two steps? And something whoosh, kicked my feet out from under me. And I was like, oh, God. I mean, he didn't even have time to get working on it. And I was already in doubt and unbelief. I've done it so many times. I'm not standing here tonight like, oh, I'm the great prophet who have arrived that always got it right. No, I'm telling you, I've learned in life that 1 John 5, 14, that if I know I'm in the dwelling place, that I'm talking to God, and I'm not just talking out of my head. I'm there in the dwelling place with him. And I know that I have laid that petition out before him. I know that whatever, however it happens in heaven, the presses are running. The notification has been sent out. The Holy Ghost is on it. The angels are working at it. They're checking the supply closets over there. They're going through the, through the, 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 the barns out there looking for all the supplies and everything they need to bring that prayer to pass. I know it confidence. Why? Because he said that. That if I ask anything, he's going to get it. So confidence comes when, when you're in the dwelling place with God. <clears throat> Hello? Are y'all with me? I think all of us in here, everybody out there watching, you know, there's times that you've prayed and you know you were just, you were just saying, oh, please, Jesus, do something. There wasn't no faith in it. We all know those times. But then we know those other prayers that we've prayed and we had the confidence in and we saw come to pass. And I'll tell you, all I could write a book on the miracles that I have seen happen in my life 
I mean, our, our family, we have been blessed, but you know, I mean, we came from being broke, not knowing Jesus at all, just whatever, and then seeing God provide, seeing money situations, seeing circumstances, seeing jobs, seeing this, seeing that, just, you know, we prayed about it and then boom, it happened and, and, and it's a miracle. I'm telling you, it is a miracle. And I love to see it. I love to see God do things like that. It blesses me so much. It doesn't matter. The very first miracle I ever saw God do for me, this is so crazy, was I just started working up here at the church and uh, I needed, I, I wanted, I didn't need it. I wanted a nice pen, writing pen. I just wanted a nice pen. And so I'd listen to this preacher be this preaching about, you know, a lot of times they're not specific in our prayers. And so I said, okay. So I went, well, the only time, only place I knew to go was Walmart. So I went down the whole pen rack in Walmart looking at pens. And I began to pick out things I liked about a pen. And the last thing was, I said, Lord, I want it to have, like when you put it in your pocket, I want it to have a little ball on the end of it so it won't ever tear my shirt. And so I said, okay, Lord, that's the pen. This is the way I want it. And I left. Within a week, a person came to me and said, look, the Lord spoke to me about something that I wanted to give you. And uh, I, don't, I hope you don't, you know, you're, you're okay with it. But it, anyway, here it is. They handed it to me. It was this little wooden box. Open it up. There's a wooden pen in there. First thing I did is pick it up. Look, got the little ball on it. And I said to the person, when did God speak to you about this pen? They said, well, it was last week. I said, what day last week? And it was the day I was going through looking at the pens. And I still have that pen to this day. I mean, that was 30 years ago. I still have that pen to this day. It, it hangs in my, I don't even take it out anymore because it's so precious to me. And I have it hanging up on my wall. And I look at it all the time. I say, God, if you can give me, a, if you would, if you can give me that pen. You can do anything. Hello? Because confidence. Amen? That's what you find. This, the third thing here. Third thing here. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Something we all know. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. So the third thing here is trust. Okay, so... Just think about this. You found the peace. You found the confidence. Well, then now you're starting to trust him. Because you see, a lot of times we don't trust that God's going to do what God said he'd do. I mean, that's just the bottom line. When God says he'll deliver you, but we don't see that deliverance right then. I was thinking about Gideon. You know, and I mean, I've always looked at Gideon as a great man of faith. He's in the Hall of Fame of faith, you know, and all. But I was, I was thinking about him, and I was thinking, look at old Gideon. He started out with, started out with 22,000 people, I think, to go to battle with, even though he was going up against 186,000. But he had 22. I mean, that's not bad. And then God says, you got too many. Tell everybody it's faint-hearted to go home. And then people just run. <laughs> So if I was him, my heart would have just gone, ooh, they weren't really warriors. They weren't really going to do this. I mean, they just run home, right? And then so he's left with like a thousand. And uh, 
So, well, thousands better than nothing. And God said, you still got too many. And then he, he says, okay, well, every one of the ghosts, and I always thought that was a funny way they say it. Every one that laps like a dog will keep him. And, I, you know, my, my deal was like, you know, like he was down lapping like a dog. But the truth of the matter was, is everybody else bailed in the water because they were exhausted. And those got down on one knee and took a handful of water and were always watching. He said, I'll take those 300 right there. Then he takes them out. What does he do? Gives them a pot with a light in it and a trumpet. I mean, what is that? That is no battle plan. And he says, we're going to go around and we're going to surround them. Right? I mean, do you realize there's two big things to faith there? One is God really had, I mean, Gideon really had to have faith he heard God. And then those 300 really had to believe that Gideon heard God. Because it could have been like the other you know, 20,000 that run home. And then he says, okay, this is a battle plan. We're going to surround them. At the moment, I want to give the signal. You're going to blow the trumpet out. And you're going to throw the pot down on the ground with them, let the fire be exposed. And I mean, again, it's not a good battle plan. But God. You know, and that's the thing about God we don't understand. See, trust is knowing that he's going to do it, not knowing how he's going to do it. Right? Knowing he's going to do it, not knowing how he's going to do it. I mean, folks, you wouldn't need faith if, if it was all just laid out for you. Oh, how easy it would have been in life for God just to have laid my life right out in front of me and then put it all on the bank account for me just to do it. But somewhere along the line, you didn't need faith then, and so you weren't having a relationship with him. Comes in trust to know that God, we're going to trust in him with all of our heart. And that's what comes when you spend time in the dwelling place. Okay, so let me give you the fourth one. James 1.5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, not doubting, for he who doubts is like the waves of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord, for he's a double-minded man. He's unstable in all of his ways. The fourth thing is here is when you're in the dwelling place with God, you gain wisdom. Now, I've had people tell me before, hey, God told me this. And my immediate reaction, not to them, but inside of me was, that ain't God. But how can I argue with them if they come up and preface it and say, God told me. But when you spend time with God, you start to know how God's ways are. You start to know how God's going to do things. You start to know if it is God or not. And when you start to learn that, then you, this wisdom comes upon you so that you can look and you can say, that, that's God. Or, no, that ain't God. You know, that's... That's man. That's your thoughts. That's what you think is God. But that's not, that's not God. Wisdom comes from above. Hello? Never comes from earth or ground. Comes from above. So when you spend time in the holy place, wisdom comes. Now, every once in a while, there's a crazy story. Um. I was listening to another uh, R.W. Schambach message, and 
he was telling this story, and I, I remember it from years ago, but he had a service, and in the service, he was talking about that as the church, that we're, we're supposed to be the ones that are walking in the gifts and the promises of God, and we're supposed to be seeing people healed. And so he had a service where there was a whole bunch of, he had a whole bunch of anointing oil vials uh, down in the front, and he prayed over all of them, and then he told everybody that, you know, you felt like, you know, you were going to be bold and do what God told you, come get a bottle of anointing oil, but you had to go out and pray for people. So this one guy just comes up, and as R.W. said, he said he didn't have no sense. He didn't have any religion in him. He didn't have any, anything in him. He said he didn't have any sense, and he got him a bottle of oil. So he left the meeting, and he thought, well, if I'm supposed to go pray for the sick, I might as well just go to the hospital. So he just took his bottle of oil, didn't check in at the hospital, didn't tell anybody he was there, didn't claim he was a minister, didn't do nothing, but he decided he'd start the top floor. So he went all the way up to the top floor of the hospital and started praying for people. And he just started going in there and anointing them with oil, pray for them, tell them they're healed in the name of Jesus, jerk them out of bed, tell them going home. So the next thing you know, there's all these people that did get touched and did get healed, and they're just walking out of the hospital in their nightgown, you know, with it open in the back and walking down the deal, and the nurses are freaking out. It's causing chaos everywhere. They're going, what are you doing? I said, well, the doctor came up there and said, I was healed. Go home. <laughs> and he said he made it, cleared out one floor, and he went to the second floor, the next floor down, and uh, it was the traction where everybody was in traction. And, and so he walked in there and he looked over in the corner and there were some doctors all surrounding a person and, and he knew something wasn't right. And he went over there and he looked and he, he could tell that the person was dying. And the doctors were trying to do some stuff and the, 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 the person died. And they put the sheet over their face and the doctors left the room. So he went over there, pulled the sheet off her face, anointed her with oil, called her back to life, raised her from the dead, prayed healing over her. Her body just, just did what the preacher said, you know. He didn't have, like he kept saying, he didn't have no sense. The lady got totally resurrected right there, got healed, got up, tore all the traction stuff she had on or off, got up, was totally healed, and everybody in the whole ward said, I want you to pray for me, I want you to pray for me, and then he just kept praying for people. People kept getting healed. Miracles just taking place. This happened in the 60s. Miracles just kept happening, taking place. By then, the nurses have mounted up in the fence because this guy's causing trouble in the, the hospital. And so they brought the cops in there and they get the guy and they throw him down there arresting. Charged him with disturbing the peace. So they haul him off to the jail and he goes into the jail and he's there for four days. Well, the camp meeting's still going on, but he's in jail for four days. Brother Shambach ain't seen him since he grabbed his bottle of oil. So the fifth day he comes down the aisle of the church telling this story. And he said, well, what happened? He said, man, you could have got, you could have got out of jail on a $20 bond. And he said, yeah, but it was a good thing that it didn't because the judge called me. He found out what had happened. And the judge called me in and said, sir, I'm so sorry. You should have never stayed in jail for all this, this length of time. And he said, that's okay, judge. I'm glad I stayed there this time. Cause see, when I come into jail, I had some oil left. And he said, your jailer just got saved. And that whole section over there just got saved. And I anointed all them with oil. Now, you see, what I, my point is, is that when it comes a time like, like normally I would say, that doesn't sound like wisdom. 
But if you got results like that, well, then keep the oil flowing where I look at it, right? And so my point is, is that it, when you get to this place of wisdom with God, it's something that's down in here, not here. It's got to be down in your spirit, not your head. Can't be something you thought up. It has to be something that came from from spending time with him and it's down here in your spirit and it rises up in you and you go do it. Hello? So that kind of wisdom always sees results. Now, number five, this is my last one. John 16, 13. John 16, 13 says, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth and he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you of things to come. He will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. You see that when the spirit of truth has come, he'll guide you into all truth. The fifth thing and the last one I want to touch on tonight is when you're in the dwelling place, the word of God really comes alive. The other morning, I was praying about something, and I kind of threw it, no, I wouldn't say flippantly to the Lord, but I mean, I just kind <clears> of <throat> brought it up in discussion, you know? And then I didn't hear nothing, didn't get an answer, nothing. I read the next chapter in my daily reading, and boom, there was, there was exactly the answer for it. The truth came alive, Right? You know you're in the dwelling place when the truth starts coming alive. Now, I want to tell you all this. When, I, when, I'm at, when I'm at the, okay, so if you were in a corporate office situation and setting and the boss called everybody in to the conference room, you would probably go in there with a notebook. It would make sense that you went in the notebook or a tablet or your laptop or something of this nature. The boss is going to be there discussing something, whatever. You should have everything you need in front of you, right? So when I go to the dwelling place, when I'm in the courts of heaven, I have my word. I'm not going in there without my Bible. Because I'm looking and looking through the word, praying as I'm reading the word, talking and discussing, and how else can you have truth revealed to you unless the truth's sitting in front of you? Right? So in the dwelling place, God has this, this Unbelievable. I mean, it's just, to me, it's just, it's just mind-blowing how he can take it, the word, and literally it does come alive, and he can turn it in such a way that when you read it, it's as if you've never read it before, as if it's brand new and fresh, like, like you're just like, it's underlined three times in my Bible, and I'm like, I didn't ever see that but yet I got it three times underlined and a star beside it. But that morning, it is speaking to me, and it's saying something that I never saw before out of that scripture. That comes in the dwelling place. Truth, revelational truth. Truth that sets you free, truth that will change your life, truth for that day, truth for every situation, truth for somebody else. Now listen to this. You know when a person has been in the dwelling place because when you're around them or talking to them, truth's coming out of them. Truth's coming out of them. The other day I was just trying to help somebody through a, a problem in life and I was talking to them and I really didn't know what to say because I've learned in life that Robert doesn't know much. And my wisdom, 
you know, Robert's wisdom, it, you know, it just ain't that good. And I just was sitting there the whole time they were talking. I was just thinking, Jesus, Jesus, what do you want me to say, Lord? What do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? And I can't say like I had this, but I ain't say this. But in a minute, I started talking, and then I said something, and they were just like, oh, my gosh, that's exactly what I needed to hear. And I was like, what did I say? You know, what did I say? You see, that's just truth coming out of you then because you've been in the truth, right? I've had other people do it to me, come up to me and say something to me, and, and I, I just stop and say, you, just, you don't know how. You, right then, God just used you to speak to me. And they're like, well, what did I say? No, it's just. God used you. You've been in the truth. The truth popped out. God on me. Folks, that's an amazing thing when you can be a mouthpiece for God in just your daily walk. Well, that all comes from spending time in the dwelling place because it'll boil out of you. It'll set people free. You'll say something to the waitress. You'll have just the right word to say to somebody. You'll smile at somebody. You'll do something and somebody will see you. It's like I always tell my wife, I know I'm not, I know I'm, I know I'm a little different. You know, I may not be the normal looking person or whatever, but I'll go places and people will just stare at me. And I say, man, that guy's eyeing me over there. Why is he eyeballing me? You know? And I, I've had so many encounters of just, because they're seeing something that I'm not seeing. I can go look in the mirror, you know, I say, man, is everything okay? My pants are zipped or what, you know? But they're seeing something, and it's only because of spending time in the dwelling place. I'm not special. Jesus is special. Amen? Jesus is special. And so if you want to affect people's lives, just stay in the dwelling place. And let that anointing come on you. Let his presence come on you. Then wherever you go, man, you're just carrying the glory. Amen? So five points to help you there, all right? Get that peace. Start out in that peace, that confidence. Get that trust. Amen? Praise God. Well, everybody out there watching, listen to me. You know, I'm saying all of this tonight, and you may be thinking, you may have watched the whole program, but you've never been in the dwelling place. Well, listen to me. Jesus wants you there. Jesus wants you just to walk into his presence and be with him. It takes, it takes some getting used to because... The one thing you have to do is you have to shut your thinking off. You have to stop with all the distractions going on around you, and you have to take that time to enter the dwelling place. Now, if you don't know Jesus, then you're going to have a hard time getting in the door because you, you, haven't, you don't have an invitation. The Bible says that if you have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, well, then you're welcome. In the dwelling place. But right now, I just want to ask you, do you know you're right with God? Do you know that tonight, if Jesus was to come or death came knocking at your door, do you know tonight that beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're ready to meet your maker? If you don't, well, then I can help you here. The Bible says really simply, Romans chapter 10, verse 9, it says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart and Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, then you will be saved. It's that moment of faith that you take that you believe that Jesus is the answer to your problem in life, the answer to your sin problem in life, that you can be forgiven. When you do that, then the Spirit of God will come into you. 
Jesus will touch you right there. He'll put his blood over your life and cleanse you of your sins. And then you're welcome to walk right in to the dwelling place with God. And I want to ask everybody just to stand up tonight. Because I want to pray for you. And I want to pray a prayer. may seem a little crazy, but i am just got my faith stretched out there tonight. So I'm asking you just by faith to grab hold of it. Father, I pray for everyone listening, watching, and in here tonight. I pray, Lord, every stumbling block, every hindrance, every demonic distraction that's out there in this world that keeps them from coming into the Holy of Holies, keeps them from coming into the dwelling place with you. That God, right now, I pray and I ask those, those hindrances to be gone in Jesus' name, those chains to be broken, those yokes to be taken off their necks, that, Lord, they can enter into the Holy of Holies with you. They can enter into the presence of God. They can come right there, Lord God, and enter into that, that living relationship with you. And I declare where devil and hell is defeated. I declare, Lord God, that you are on the throne of their hearts and their lives. I plead the blood of Jesus over them, and I declare that where they've been distracted, they'll, they'll be on point and on focus, Lord God. Oh, Lord that their eyes will be open, they'll behold your glory. Lord God, I pray this night that there will be a focus in their life, that their eye will be singly headed towards you, Lord God, and their hearts beating after you. And devil, I declare you are defeated. I declare you have no rights or no privileges over them. But I declare the saints of God are going to enter into the dwelling place. They're going to get peace. They're going to get confidence. They're going to get trust. They're going to grow with you, Lord God. They're going to find your love. They're going to find your grace. There ain't nothing you can do about it, devil. You're defeated. So, Lord, I ask you to bless them this night. Put your hand upon them. Bless their tithes. Bless their offerings. Bless their businesses, oh God. And, Lord, I just declare that weird people who are going to spend time in the dwelling place of the Most High. And God, we praise you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church.